That's John chapter 3, starting at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God, and this is, his this is the judgment, the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should, should, should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This is the word of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Ben, thank you so much uh, for reading for us. Please do keep your Bibles open. Just a reminder that Mini-Arc is on, uh, twos to fours, and uh, under twos if you want, uh, up in Amherst. And let me just lead us in a short prayer as we begin. Father God, thank you that you are a speaking God, that you are a loving God. Uh, please give us all ears to hear now. Give us hearts that long uh, to listen and obey. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, um, over the last year, uh, some people, not all, have had a bit more time on their hands and so may have been doing more reading. Anyone found themselves doing a bit more reading than usual over the last year? Some people who don't yet have young children are willing to admit that. Um, but I wondered, how well do we know famous lines uh, from books? So just a few questions to begin with. Um, so listen in, see if you recognise this one. Uh, once upon a time, there were four little rabbits. Their names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail and Peter. Anyone know what book that is from? Yes. Peter Rabbit, well done, well done, Joshua. Yep, yep, P uh, Peter Rabbit, Beatrix Potter. Uh, here's one uh, for those maybe a little older. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Oh. Taylor Two Cities, well done, Jenny. Uh, Taylor Two Cities, Dickens. Okay, we've got time for one more, I think. We'll go very highbrow with this last one. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who gets this. He reached out one of his extraordinary long arms and opened the bedroom door. Oh, yes, Jonathan Parrish. Mr. Tickle is indeed right. Very impressive. Uh, there are lots of books with lots of famous lines, but I wonder, what is the most famous line in the whole Bible? What is the most famous? Maybe someone might think God is love. Pretty famous. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, well, I reckon John 3.16, that we've just had read, is certainly making the playoffs. Uh, I reckon it may well even be the most famous. But what is it all about? Well, can we see, if we've got our Bibles open, what came just before in verse 15? That whoever believes in him, that's Jesus, the Son of Man, may have eternal life. It, it's all about the need to believe in Jesus or trust in him or, or to rely or depend on him. It all means the same thing. We put all of our weight on Jesus and have him as the boss in our lives. But why? Uh, well, firstly, verses at 16 to 18, because God loves the world. We can see it on the screen. Because God loves the world. Just look at verse 16 again. For God so loved the world, 
that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And now, um, just to help us with this, I have hidden, not very well I might add, some uh, pictures or objects around the building to help us dig into what this sentence is saying. And I'll need your help to find them. So um, just see if you can spot anything that looks a little bit out of place. You can point to it. And I've, I've got some minions who I will send to go and collect them. So um, my minions, if you could go where people are pointing. Two pictures, two objects. Here we go. You'll need to move. This is the problem with working with your own children. Um, okay. There we go. We've got, okay, bring them up the front. There we go, there we go. Well done, Zach. Zach, yep. Nate, you'll need to go over there. Yes, Zach, hold it up. Excellent, excellent. We'll work it out in a bit. Good. Keep socially distancing. There we go. Great. Caleb, is there one more? I think people might be pointing down here. Here we go. Well done, boys. Up the front so people can see you. Don't hit anyone. Okay, okay. Caleb, first of all, why don't you hold up this uh, fist? Can you hold up that so people can see that? There we go, the fist. It reminds us, if you look in verse 16, of the object of God's love. See, for God so loved the world, the object of God's love it is the world. Now, when we hear that word world, we might think of this. Oh, we can't quite see it. There we go. That is, there we go. We might think uh, of, of the world, uh, the earth, but the world here isn't the planet we live on, but the people who live on it. Uh, verse 19 tells us the world is people, but actually people in opposition to God. That's what the fist is all about. It's like we're, we're shaking our fists at God. Do you remember how we described it saying, shove off to God. I'm in charge. No to your rules. But here's the incredible good news. God loves the unlovable. Uh, when someone says, I love you, they normally mean, I love you because of uh, who you are or what you do. It's all about deserving or earning someone's love, like this. Again, if we can get it up on the screen. There we go. Uh, I, I googled Valentine's cards the other day, and there were loads. that were just lists of reasons why someone uh, loves their Valentine. But what if those reasons change? We can probably get rid of that now. Here is the great news. God loves the world not because we're lovable, but just because. He, he loves the world. But next, how does God show his love? Uh, Zach, can you hold up the cross? Here we have the expression of God's love. Now, um, just look at verse 16 again. Here's how I reckon lots of people read verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's like God uh, loves the world so, 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 so much. He just had to send uh, Jesus. But actually, uh, John's saying God loved the world like so, uh, in this way. This is how God loved the world. And the way God loved the world, the expression is that he gave his only son. Uh, anyone want to guess, uh, maybe if you're under 11, want to guess, how expensive the most uh, expensive Valentine's gift ever is, or at least the one I could find this week. Right at the back. 10 million, that's a good start, 10 million. Try doubling it. 20 million dollars, that's what I could find. Uh, I bought it, no I didn't. Um, apparently Tom Cruise bought his then fiance Katie Holmes a, uh, a custom Gulfstream jet in 2005, uh, 20 million dollars. That, John says, is nothing compared to God's love, how he shows his love. 
Uh, Jesus has just talked about being lifted up. And now we read about God giving his only son. It's all about the cross. Jesus died to take the punishment we deserve for rejecting God. It shows us God's love. But then, at thirdly, we need you again, Caleb. We've got this. It looks a bit like an eight on its side. Anyone know what that is a symbol of? Yes, Ben. Infinity. Brilliant. Thank you. Someone paying attention in maths lessons. Yep. The symbol for infinity. It shows us the purpose of God's giving love. Do you see it in verse 16 again? This is how God loved the world, by sending his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. That life going on forever, that is a long time, isn't it? Do you know how long every piece of string is? Uh, Twice the length from the middle to the end, uh, but not something that goes on forever. Uh, God's Love, God's sending of his son is so we might have eternal life, the best life, starting now, life with Jesus, and going on forever. And then finally, Nate, you've waited very well. What have we got here? We have a hammer. Uh, Really, it's supposed to be a gavel. It was the closest thing I could find to a gavel in my toolbox. One of those things you get in a law court. I'm not going to ask you to hit it, Nate. It reminds us of the need of God's love. Uh, We haven't mentioned them yet, but... um, Just look at verses 17 and 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. You see, we're we're part of the world. Remember that that fist. And so we stand condemned. On our own, we're, we're guilty. We need saving. And so how should we respond? So believe. The fact God loves us like this means of course we should trust Jesus. Just imagine if you get into trouble. Maybe you hurt yourself, you bang your knee, or some children are being unkind to you. Do we want to run to our kind and loving mum and dad or run away from them? Well, God's love is the most amazing love. Uh, Let's not refuse God's love, that salvation won for us by Jesus on the cross. Uh, Let's not remain condemned, but trust Jesus and receive eternal life. Great, well done on the actions. And won't they a helpful reminder of John 3.16 that we were looking at earlier? Uh, That reminder of why we should trust in Jesus, because of God's love for the world. That love he's shown by sending Jesus, his son, uh, to die in our place. But if God uh, loves us like that, then why do so many people not trust in Jesus? Uh, Surely believing in him would be the best, most sensible, most amazing thing to do. Well, although God loves the world, we see in verses 19 to 21, the world loves the darkness. I hope you've got that sight of a Bible. And let me read verses 19 and 20 for us again. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Now, it it struck me, the world, that's all of us, is a lot like an animal. 
I wonder if anyone can guess the answer in my head. Anyone think uh, what animal I'm thinking of? One that doesn't like the light very much. We don't get it in this country much. Yes, Joshua. A bat. A bat is an animal that lives at night, um, but it doesn't dislike um, the light too much. It's actually a cockroach. A cockroach. And very excitingly, I have managed to get a real-life cockroach with us today. I would like to introduce to you Colin the cockroach. I hope Colin will join us. Here comes Colin the cockroach. There we go. Onto the stage so we can all see you, especially on YouTube. There we go. Brilliant. We have Colin the cockroach. Being very COVID safe. Okay, but now look at verse 21. Look down to verse 21. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Now I'm, now I'm thinking of a different animal, one that likes going to the light. Always going to the light. And if you're guessing what's in my head, it is a moth. And, yep, I've managed to get a real-life moth. It is crazy. She is Myrtle the moth. She may look like a butterfly, but don't, be, but don't be fooled. She's actually a moth. So we get Myrtle the moth up on stage. Here we go. Brilliant. Now we're going to play a quick game to decide which is better. A game of uh, Bugs Top Trumps. Can we see Bugs Top Trumps? There we go. Bugs. It's going to be Colin the Cockroach versus Myrtle the Moth. So if we get their cards up on the screen and ignoring the stats that we see, we've got to work out which is better. Okay, so both are nocturnal, both are active at night, but um, we can get rid of those stats now probably. We want to see them in their resplendent glory in real life. Okay, stat number one, or we can get rid of that for now. We, we can get rid of that, that's giving away stat number two. There we go, okay, stat number one. Which one lives the longest on average? Okay, everyone here has got a point to one. You've got a point, a point to either Colin the Cockroach or Myrtle the Moth. Which one lives the longest? Uh, you may have spotted it on the cards, actually. That is right, Colin the Cockroach, on average, will live longer, about a year, sometimes more, okay? Okay, we may have been given a clue by that picture we saw. Okay, which is the largest? Which is bigger, the biggest cockroach or the biggest ever moth. Okay, point to the one you think is the right answer. Point to the one. There we go. It is Myrtle and Moth. There we go. I did have a photo up there. Here's the largest of each kind. Can we see them? They're pretty disgusting. Can we get... There we go. Pretty gross. An Atlas Moth and a gross, massive cockroach. Okay, um, at smallest. We can get rid of that smallest. Okay, point to which one you think. Which is the smallest of each kind? Interesting. Uh, some people aren't pointing, <laughs> hedging their bets. Okay, it is the moth again, actually. The smallest moth in the world has wings just 1.2 millimeters long. Here's the last question, though, and um, the stakes quite high. It is winner takes all. Okay, Colin is feeling the nerves at this point, I can sense. Okay, <laughs> which loves the light more? which loves the light more. We know the answer, don't we? Uh, we know the answer. Myrtle Moth loves the light. Colin hates it. In fact, let's see if it works. You won't often hear me say this, but um, just get out your mobile phone quickly, if you've got a mobile phone, and you can turn on your torch. You can get out your phone and shine your torch. There we go, and see what happens. See what happens. Well, this, is, this is amazing. Colin's trying to find a dark place to go and scurry off to. There we go, let's give him a, a round of applause for Myrtle Moth. We can boo Colin the cockroach if we want.
it's all a, a little bit strange, a little bit funny. But, but John tells us actually all of us are a little bit like the cockroach. We hate the light because our works are evil. That's, that's uncomfortable to hear, isn't it? And it's not talking about physical light. No, Jesus is the light of the world. He is the personification of goodness and truth. He reveals God, but naturally we want nothing to do with the light with Jesus because he shows us what we're like. And so we're guilty. And we've already seen the danger in verse 16. Can we spot it? Perish. We all deserve to perish. But we mustn't forget this is good news. We're all naturally spiritual cockroaches, but by God's grace, we can become moths. Maybe that's pushing it a bit too far. Just just look at verse 21 again as we close. There are some who come to the light, who come to Jesus, even though it means being exposed. The bad things we think and say and do are shown up. And if we come to the light, well, it shows God's done that work in our life. The world loves darkness. But John says throughout his book, well, then come to the light. God loves unlovable people. People who don't initially love him. People who love the darkness. But this means we should all believe in Jesus. We come to the light so we can receive eternal life instead of perishing. And if we do that, well, it shows God has done a miraculous work in our life. He's done something even more amazing than turning a cockroach into a moth. He's brought us into his family and given us eternal life. Let's pray together as we close. Father God, thank you that you loved the world in this way. You gave your only son to die on a cross so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Please help us trust in Jesus, even though it means the bad things we think, do and say are shown up. And please help us to tell others about your love shown in Jesus at the cross. And we ask it in his name and for your glory. Amen.